Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Rule the World, the ultimate power of storytelling. Storytelling is what connects us as humans, and for brands, it is no different. A well-told story can effectively position your brand in the minds and hearts of your audience and can convert thoughts and feelings into results and revenue. On this show, we dive into the unique and recurring principles of world-class storytellers from every walk of life to help you level up your storytelling skills and knowledge to drive real, measurable results for you and your organization. Here's your host, Paul Furlong. Hello and welcome to Rule the World, the art and power of storytelling. I'm your host, Paul Furlong. Just a quick reminder that my book, Rule the World, Master the Power of Storytelling to Inspire, Influence and Succeed, is now available. You can get hold of your copy in all good bookshops, including Amazon and Kindle, Waterstones and WH Smith in the UK, Barnes and Noble in the US, and all good bookshops throughout the rest of the world. Anyway, without further ado, I am delighted to welcome our guest today, Peter Hopwood. Peter is a global speaker coach, a virtual speaking specialist, and a TEDx coach. Uh, he delivers storytelling for sales trainers, uh, and speaks all over the world as an MC um, for corporate events. Um, he has lived in seven countries, worked in 42. He's currently based out in Croatia, uh, but he does work worldwide across Zoom, and that's how we're having our discussion today. So, Peter, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you're delighted, not as half as delighted as me, <laughs> to be on on this uh, on your podcast, I've been following your your, your work for quite a while. Um, if anybody, anyone listening to this, I'm sure there is someone listening to this. So whoever, whoever is listening to it to this, this is a better better question. Um, just make sure you check out the the, the other podcast episodes because there's loads of really good, really juicy stuff. So I'm really delighted to be part of part of this package. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you, Peter. And I certainly hope there's other people listening to it. <laughs> well, well, you know what? If, if it's just me and you, buddy, it's just me and you. And uh, we can we can we can listen to this as many times as we like. <laughs> we when certainly can. When it's out, yeah. 
and uh, I'm sure both of us will learn something from today's discussion. So um, I've given you a little bit of an introduction there, Peter. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, so, so essentially uh, it's, it's all about helping people, helping teams to to really find those stories, to, to nurture the stories and to, to find the right stories often, right? It's not always just a story or a couple of stories. It's important to find the right one that connects the best with the listeners who are, who are involved. Um, yeah, so I help them do that. I help um, individuals, professionals who want to stand on a TEDx stage and, and, and make sure they get that right. So they, they hire me and we, we start working out a, a plan to get them to, 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 to share that 15, 16, 17 minutes on stage that's recorded. That's often going to be something that they that they they're proud of hopefully it's proud they're proud of it and make sure they they deliver it and, and share their messages in the right way work with startups as well helping them to to form their, their 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 ideas and make sure that pitch is as connectable as possible so people want to well after the pitch they say to themselves listen i want to hear more about that i'm curious so it's like giving the giving flavor in their in their pitches um or it could just mean helping a, a team leader who just feels just needs a little bit more confidence or just boosting up that self-esteem to come across more as a leader or or more as someone with with uh, more bolder statements and, and and stronger messages, so a whole kind of range, but it's all under the umbrella of um, of stories. So, how did you first get into storytelling? Where where does your love of story come from? So, going back, I, I was actually an art student, and for me, expressing expressing myself, I wasn't very confident at, at the time. A young man, not really. Um, not knowing where his path would lead him, as many of us are in that same boat. Art was a great way for me to express myself, so very observant. And then I decided not to take that path at all and started to work abroad, went to work for Disney for a while, which I think probably, just thinking about it now, that's probably where the, this whole this whole storytelling, the whole emotional connection in terms of sharing messages really came about. So working there, working at Disneyland Paris, it's constantly about making people feel good. It's constantly about making people feel they're in the right place to, to, to put a smile on their face. So whether it's the, the, the attraction or the hotel or, or, or the guy who's helping them with their, with their luggage as they go into the hotel or the person that's just helping them onto the roller coaster when they're just about to go you know up, upside down a couple of times or the person just serving coffee it's about that whole kind of magical feel when they walk into 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 the park so i suppose it started there as as my career kind of went forward it did go forward i was going to say it kind of went round and round and round but it did go forward <laughs> i then started to work for for a tour operator that gave me a chance to, to travel um and and all of these all these jobs disney and working for a tour operator a lot of it is about speaking to the public sharing messages to the public selling something often selling yourself getting people to buy into you trust you and i realized early on you know, because the, the presentations I, I was doing were, were simply always the same. So pretty much the same thing, right? Day in, day out, week in, week out, the same presentations. But I was fascinated by the way you can just change something small 
changing your behavior, changing how you think about something, changing your perception of what you're talking about, or just feeling something different about what you're speaking about can actually create a completely different perception in the, in the, in the, from, in the ears and the eyes of the people in front of you. So, so from then on, uh, you know, it just kind of gave me this, this flair. I had a flair for it, enjoyed it. And, uh, and now I help people to, to find, as I say, find those stories and, and change their behavior, small things they can do to just boost up or increase a better outcome. That's really what it's about. Yeah. So Disney, I think Disney plays, yeah. Mickey Mouse played a, a big, big part. Well, they're masters of storytelling, aren't they, Disney? From from kind of the, the the stuff that we see day to day with the movies that they create, with the animations that they create. You look at the stuff that they bought with Star Wars and the Marvel universe to the stuff that they've been creating for a century or so with the kind of Snow White and, and everything through from then. And you can look into all their, their storytelling from like Creation Inc. And the, and the Pixar stuff. What storytelling did they teach you when you were at the park? Um, was, was there an element of that that came through in the, in the training? Well, here's the thing. So at, at, um, everybody who, who's a cast member at, at Disney goes through pretty much the, the same initial fundamental training. And, and a lot of it is about helping <coughs> helping you as a, as a new employee really understand that it is a story and it, emotion plays such an important part. So we would start, let's say, looking at um, each of the rides, let's say the attractions at Disneyland Paris, each of them, they have a, a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? So you'd think, you know, you walk into a roller coaster, you, you go on it and you enjoy it and you throw up or whatever happens, which happened all the time, in fact. Um, not that I would, I wouldn't throw up, but I, I have to clean it up quite a bit. But the thing is, you think that was it, but it's not. So they have this kind of pre-ride. So it's literally the, 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 the queue you're waiting in before you get onto the ride that kind of really kind of excites you, gets gets you kind of curious about what's to, what's about to happen, gets your emotion, the emotional feel of what's what's coming next, is is deliberate. So you would have different types of music, let's say in the tunnel, let's say queuing up, there'd be different um, monitors giving you maybe information or different sounds, images. And then so that, that's a kind of build up. You'd go on it, you'd do the ride, which is you know fantastic, let's say. And then when you finish, again, you would walk through another area, which kind of doesn't bring you down, but it just it just kind of it's kind of wraps up the whole experience. So when you leave, you've got all these different emotional triggers that connected you with the ride. Right? It wasn't just the ride, because maybe you didn't enjoy the ride. If you didn't enjoy the ride, that's okay because at the beginning or the end, maybe those two managed to bring up that feeling a little bit more than what it would have done, right? So, and that's literally the key to, to every single ride at Disneyland Paris. Well, Disney Disney parks across the world. So, if you've ever been to Disney, remember just remember this. You know, you, you're there's the the beginning, there's the middle, and there's the end. So there was that. That was a very big part of of how. The training would 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 help us all understand that you know we we can the, our imagination is really important 
getting people to believe something and that emotional side is really, really important. And so, so yeah, and, and that's, that's really how all cast members have their training. You know, that, that's included in the training, certainly at Disneyland Paris. Because the people who design the parks and, and kind of create the parks and the rides, they're called Imagineers, aren't they? The, that's right. Which is that's right. Which is amazing, isn't it? So they're not roller coaster designers or whatever. No, it's, it's it's like it's not just a roller coaster. It's it's kind of like and so the the specific, actually, if, if anybody's been to Disneyland Paris, I I actually worked on a space mountain, and at the time it was the 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 it was unique at the time. This was many. We're talking about twenty. 20 something years ago. Um, it was the first roller coaster in the world that actually went upside down in the dark three and a half times with an original score, musical score within where you sit down in your seat coming left and right. So there would be literally four speakers and an original score that was designed specifically for that ride that builds up the whole the whole experience. So you go into, if you've been to Space Mountain, have you been to Space Mountain? I have. I've been to the one in Paris, yeah. Yep, so basically you go round and then you, it's like a rocket. You go up this this kind of rocket thing. So the music kind of gets you gets you feeling, gets you in the right mood just before you're, sh- you know, shot at, you shoot out into the, into the stars, into the into sky, into the sky. And then, again, the music, the music that takes you round very fast and um, emotional, and at the end, that music again is designed to kind of make you go, "Wow, that was that was cool. I really enjoyed that. That was great. Let me let's do it again, right?" So, so yeah, all these all these elements play. They think about all these other elements, these emotional elements, well, well before you know they actually put together the first um, the, the wheels and the and the actual carriages of of, of the roller coaster. It's amazing, isn't it? Because I've been to Disney Paris. I've been to Disney in Florida. And I think back to all of the roller coasters that I've been on, and I must have done probably all of them. But the ones that I remember are the ones that have that experience, that story. So um, Space Mountain in Paris, Tower of Terror in MGM. And the one that I remember the most is the, it doesn't exist anymore, but it's the uh, the Alien Extra Terrestrial ride that was in um in Magic Kingdom in Florida. Um, and really? <clears throat> yeah, wow. you, you queued up for, well, you queue up for hours, don't you, for some of these rides. But from the yeah. moment you entered it, you, you had the queue and it was, uh, you were told a story from the moment you kind of got there and you told the story about the fact that there's um, uh, scientists on the other side of the, the universe and they're going to try this kind of interdimensional, inter-time uh, transportation of one of them into the building and then eventually you sit down and there's all this kind of slightly creepy music but it's all okay and then by the time you sit in your seats and you get strapped in so much that you can't move you're quite ready for it and then it becomes this terrifying experience where actually an alien gets zapped in and it escapes and then by the by the time it gets to its conclusion the alien breathes down the back of your neck Really, and then licks the back of your neck, and then jumps onto your shoulders, and that's how it ends. But with all of this kind of build up, that's the ride out of every single. And I love roller coasters, but out I of can everything. hear, I can hear Paul. I was, I wasn't. Um, I really thought this was going to be a podcast about storytelling, but no, it's all about roller coasters, the ins yeah. and outs of world roller coasters. This is this is the new podcast. This yeah. is what you should change. This, this is what it should be all about. <laughs> 
<laughs> it rem- actually reminds me as well of, of so we talk about roller coasters, but again, other rides on other rides you can find at Disney parks across the world, like the Haunted House of Terror, right? Again, that's it's all story, isn't it? It's like this the sounds as you're queuing up, you can see the house in the distance, you're making your way inside, and then somebody will greet you. And then again, all, all of this is designed to to get you feeling something. And okay, in this specific instance, it's about you're just about to be scared or you're scared and something is about to happen. And that's, and that, and that whole, that whole thread goes through the whole of, of, um, of the, of, of that ride. Yeah. And it brings all your, all your emotions, all your senses into it, all of that into your storytelling, doesn't it? It it means that you've got, uh, all five senses, um, because some of them bring in, uh, a sense of smell as well, don't they? So, um, Bugs Life ride in in Disney in in Florida. I don't know if there was one in in Paris, but the Bugs Life ride, you you get the senses, uh, the sense of smell brought to you, so you can smell the flowers. You get a sting in the back of your back of your back um, when when the wasps came. You you get bringing all the senses into it as well as that emotion. Absolutely, and uh, and that and that today you can you can see that and feel that today. If if anybody's into, I, I like going to the cinema. Although I don't always, I don't go for the this five. I think was it five D effect, four D, five D effect, where you actually sit in the in the seat and your seat shakes, it moves, and then you've got the spray. And so it's again, it's the same thing, exactly the same thing, just hitting those senses and really making us feel feel this emotion connected to what we connected to what we see. Mm. So Disney was was a really good grounding for you, wasn't it, for those Yeah, I think so, yeah. And definitely for for definitely also for for just speaking in public. Just just so I had to, you know, at the rides, um give give out instructions and and on the tannoy say things in French in English as well naturally. So, so it kind of it, it did actually build up my my confidence to 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 speak to to, to the public um, who who again my first language wasn't French um, and many of the people that came on onto onto the rides you know didn't 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 always speak French or English so it was um so yeah it was it, it built up my confidence in terms of sharing my messages as well. So. Moving on then to to the role that you have now, where you're you're a kind of an executive speaker coach, a TEDx speaker coach, where storytelling is at the kind of the forefront of that. Obviously, as well as the, the kind of the how to project and 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 that standing in in front of people and talking. Talk me through the the storytelling side of that coaching. What is it that you that you will impart and and coach? Into the uh, into your clients, what what is it that you start to to look at? What is it that that is so important about storytelling when people are stood up, particularly on a, on a TEDx stage, for example? Yeah, okay, I'll give you a kind of flavour of, of how how things kind of unfold generally. Uh, if we take a, a TEDx um, a speaker, let's say let's say you, Paul, you're going to have you done a TEDx speech? I haven't I haven't done a TEDx. No. Would you like to do one? I think one day it'd be good to. Roller coasters, the roller coaster, the world of roller coasters. Yeah, as a as a TEDx speech. So let's say you came to me and said, "Listen, Peter, um, I want to do a TEDx speech, TEDx talk. I've got an idea. Um, can you help me?" Okay. The first things I would I would ask you is, okay, what what what's the message you want to share? What is it that you want people to feel when? 
when you've finished, what is it you want people to feel? What, what is it you want them to understand better? What is it they want you want people to to go away with and and maybe rethink? Yeah, and that's that's really important. And again, if we the thing about a, a TEDx talk very different from maybe anything anything else because let's say startups when they pitch it's about their idea naturally and it's about them because they're people are investing in them they want to know if they've got the credibility to pull this through that whether investors going to work with them in the future are they coachable all these things right so it's idea and them tedx a tedx talk is not nothing to do really with you interesting isn't it it's nothing to do with you it's about the idea and it's about the message and it's about how people feel about the message you're sharing so so this really so, so that's kind of good news because you don't have to have credibility to, 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 to get it. not that paul listen i'm sure you have you have very in the roller coaster world you have high credibility <laughs> But the thing is, yeah, it's, it's all about the message. So really, I would hone down on, on really hearing from you, you know, a couple, of, a couple of sentences that really, and I say a couple of sentences because if you can tell me in a couple of sentences what that message, what you really want to share, then I know that you're already on the right track. If I say to you, okay, what, what, what's the message you really want to share? And then you, you talk to me and you say this and then that and then a few more tips with that. I, that tells me a lot as well. That tells me that we need, in your head, you need to sharpen that down and be really crystal clear of, of what it is. Once we've got that, then everything we do together goes towards that 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 goal. goes goes towards that that aim, right? So being really cl- crystal clear about the message and, and what you want to what you want people to feel and change in their minds or think more about it could be it could be that that's really important in the beginning then then we would look at we would actually start to look at how are we going to put this together right so looking at different almost like different sections different chunks nice chunks together not too many we probably usually we have about four or five maybe a few more and we look at how we're going to start bang how do you want how are we going to connect with the audience? How is the audience going to really think about the idea and get them to, to think about it before you give your opinion? Because the thing is, when we, like now, if I ask you now, Paul, what is your favourite, just don't tell me, just think about it, your favourite packet of crisps? So any, those of you that are listening to this from around the world, I don't know whether you, you probably realise this, but, you know, in the UK, we, we, we love candy, we love chocolate, we love crisps. And if you walk into a newsagent, a, a kiosk or a small shop selling chocolate bars and stuff, you, in England, we've got so many different packets of crisps. And me and you, I'm sure we have, we have um, grown up on crisps. So if I ask you, what's your favourite all-time packet of crisps, right? So you can, on a desert island, all you've got is like, that, that packet of crisp, what would it be? Don't tell me, just think about it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you now my favourite packet of crisp. And that packet of crisp is actually Monster Munch, right? That may not mean anything to anybody else. It means a lot to me. But the fact that I asked you 
I didn't ask you to tell me. It was it was running around in your head. When I said to you, I'm going to share with you now mine, what my packet of crisps is, you're more, you're more ready to hear what I have to say because you've thought about yourself, right? So this, this thing here, we do it often, often that's how we kind of, when I'm working with clients, we look at that kind of a structure to get people thinking about thinking about the idea. TEDx speech worked with a, um, a young lady not too long ago, and it was about, she was talking about, um, she's a, a professor sharing ideas about how professors and teachers should be more connected to their students and listen more to their students. Anyway, right? So this is pretty much how she started, right? So, something like this. So think back to when you were at school. Think back to, to the very first couple of days of, of high school. As you went to school, some of you were thinking perhaps, you know, what am I doing here? I'm not quite sure where I fit in. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm anxious. I, this is a whole new world for me. And I'm kind of, I'm not sure where this is going. Some of you were thinking, this is great. I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm got, I've got my new trainers on, if you're allowed to wear trainers. I've got my new trainers on. This is going to be great. I'm optimistic. Um, I'm, going to be, I'm going to be looking good. Um, I'm going to be meeting some girls, meet, meet some guys, a few dates. Let's see. But most of us, most of us, there was one, probably one specific teacher when we started school that actually meant something to us. Okay, I'll stop there. So she then went on to talk about her specific one teacher that she remembers from high school, right? We've all got one, haven't we? We've all got someone that we remember for good or bad reasons, right? But we all have one that we remember. So just, just saying that, just kind of planting that seed gets us all thinking about it. And then she then gave her, she went on to her share, share about her favorite teacher, which, which again, we want to hear. Because if she just went in and said, my favorite teacher at school was Miss X, boom. Okay, if she, she could sort of wrap it up a little bit and, and, and uh, make it look nice and sound nice, but it wouldn't have the same effect as if, you know, look, look, like we just did there, asking someone to think about something and then we give our opinion. So often it's, a, it's about that at the beginning. We would start with that. Then we would move through those different chunks, really thinking about the emotions, the feelings of each of those chunks. And when you think about those feelings, let's say the second part was designed to get people excited, designed to get people curious and excited. Just by thinking about that, emotion, it helps us remember words we want to share. Isn't that strange? It's a, it's a crazy little thing, but it's so true, right? And it helps us remember our, our speech even better. So again, good tip for anyone. If, you know, if you're having trouble remembering what you have to say, divide your presentation up into different chunks. Think about what each emotion you would label that chunk with and just think about that emotion. So then we would, we would go to the different other chunks as well. 
Um, and then again, the, the start, often, often, if we can, think of a way of bringing it back round to the start. So the emotions, the, the things people heard at the beginning, which they'll remember, they'll, you know, they'll really remember quite well, because it's the first time, it's the moment where people are making that judgment of us. It's the moment where people are deciding whether they're going to continue to listen to us or not. Hopefully, you had them listening. Right? If you didn't, you're in trouble. But hopefully you did. And in some way, bringing it back to the beginning of a, a reference to the beginning or a reference to the first question you asked or a reference to how maybe you felt at the beginning on, on your first day of school. And so, and that is a, that kind of, that's just one, one type of strategy. Um, it seems to work quite well. Um, that, that I tend to, 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 to work with, with clients with. Mm. Very nice. <clears throat> I like that. So it's, it's, about, it's about getting people engaged right off the bat and then planning your emotional, your audience's emotional journey through the, through the presentation. Yeah, it's about getting people connected, I would say even more, getting people connected right at the beginning. Getting people, it's something that's relevant for them. So I could be talking about anything. Let's say, I don't know, I'm just thinking now. Um, okay, if I say to you, if I'm talking about delayed planes, right, delays at airports, probably along the line, I would say, well, certainly at the beginning somewhere, you know that feeling. You know that feeling when you're, when you're delayed at the airport. Or you can imagine what it feels like. If you haven't, you can imagine what it feels like. It doesn't feel good frustration, You've got the kids running around, shouting, screaming, the, 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 the car parking that you've paid at the airport where you're going to, you're going to have to pay more. You might not make it for work tomorrow. So you can imagine that, or just general anxiety, you can imagine what that feels like. So I've said to you, I've just said to you, you can imagine what that feels like. I don't know whether you have or not. Most of us probably have, have been on had, have had a delay of some sort but going on on the off chance that somebody hasn't i bring everybody in by saying you can imagine what that must feel like right and then i start to kind of elicit those emotions and then so everybody's everybody who's listening is like yeah i can imagine what that feels like yeah not great at all you've been delayed right yeah wasn't a good feeling was it no no <laughs> no definitely not no, it meant lots of running between planes. Uh, so it, it, this is, again, another podcast episode. This is like delayed, talk furlongs, delayed, epic yeah. delayed adventures. Yeah, lots of them, loads of stories. Nobody can see, I can see your face, right? And, you're, and the smile and the look on your face tells me that these delays were epic. And you, I, were. You, you don't, I, it's kind of, you've got a smile, but it's not almost like the Mona Lisa. Right? I'm not quite sure whether it's a smile or, or it's, it's making you anxious because it probably these stories are probably, you don't want to do them again and you're just no, happy no, that no. they're stories now. Happy that they're stories. They're good stories. I'm sure they are. But I don't, I don't ever want to have to do it again. No, absolutely not. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, and you mentioned um, you mentioned earlier on, uh, kind of towards the beginning of, of our conversation around your coaching, that that a lot of the time your role is to take the story either when it's when it's already there, it already exists, or as you've coached people and help them to make small changes that makes dramatic improvements to the story. So when that's the case, what? What do you tend to find maybe top three are the things that you can change quite easily that people who are too close to the story aren't seeing that make the biggest difference to to the the outcome of the story and and the connection with the audience? Yeah, I think I would say, first of all, the making it more concise. Because because if, you know, some people will, will, they have a story, it may be a great story, a really great story, right? The, the actual, you know, what happened and, and the emotions involved and the outcome, a really fantastic story. But we can tell that story in so many ways. Somebody could say it in a really bad way that doesn't engage. Others can just, and often this, this is the case, it's kind of long-winded, meaning it's, it's stretched out and there's other elements in there that don't need to be in there they're not bringing value. They're not adding to the emotion. You know, it's like telling a joke. It's like telling jokes, I suppose. Not that I, I you know, I'm not a comedian. Are you a comedian, Paul? No. I'm not sure. Maybe. No. <laughs> Another podcast. Can't, can't um, remember a joke to say my. <laughs> and there are there are comedians who think they're comedians, but they 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 laugh at their own jokes. Maybe that's me. Maybe that's me. But when when people tell when good okay good comedians when they tell a joke, it's it's timing is so important, and what everything they say is in there to to get that effect. And other people telling a joke, some people are just really bad at telling jokes, or they think they they think they're great because they've got everything in there, but they're not telling it in the same way, in the right way. So it's really often a case of just making it more concise, taking things out that don't need to be there. And just and te- and also trying to keep people keeping everything flowing, because essentially what we have to do when we're presenting, when we're speaking, what this is here as well, this exchange, everything here, hopefully, will keep people still listening. <laughs> will keep people with us. We don't just want people at the beginning have a great time at the beginning and then go. We need people to stay with us, and so. The story has to do that as well. Right? It's kind of like it's, it's kind of like a movie um, producer or, or the or the or the movie editor, the main movie editor. At the end of the day, is the person that decides what stays in and what comes out. Often, although I'm not in the movie world, but I can imagine the the the, the amount of film they have is like you know they have so much of it. They have so many different takes and so 
The real art is cutting things down and putting the things in there that really make the story what it is and really connect with us. Right. That's why you get so many, you know, on, 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 well, DVDs, I don't know whether they're still out, but they were, you know, the bloopers or the deleted scenes. Right. So this is all stuff that's not in there. So it's a question of sort of just making it more concise, um, clearer, simpler, putting in, okay, pauses and breathing and slowing down. These are all things we all know about, we all know can help. But certainly when you're telling a story or when you're, when you're bringing these emotions in, the, these kind of things really do help, right? So I would say a, a collection of those, but really bringing things down, making it shorter, sharper, make sure everything you're saying adds value in some way. When I say value, I mean value in terms of the emotion. If it's, if it's adding to the emotion, or if it's taking away the emotion, it shouldn't be there, right? Or it may, you might put something in there to take away the emotion at that time and then bring it back to the emotion again, which gives this kind of like roller coaster back, back to the roller coaster, roller coaster. This kind of roller, yeah, roller coaster effect, kind of up and down. So making, giving, giving this feeling of unpredictability, right? So, so yeah, and, and again, most of us, Okay, most of us, we, we, we're not really aware of how we, we share our stories. And sometimes it's, it's just a case of somebody else who does know how our kind of, or pretty much how, how a good story goes, or how to share those stories, just to show them, listen, try taking that out. Or, or how did you, tell me how you felt at that point. And then he or she would tell me, I said, well, listen, that's really good. Let's pop it in there. Well, you must have felt, you must have felt like that at that point, right? And they're like, yeah. Tell me, tell me how that felt. Well, it felt like this, felt like that. Felt like, well, let's pop that in. Let's pop that in because it sounds good. And it makes us feel that way. Yeah. So, yeah, so clarity, making things concise and, um, yeah, bringing in these this 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 emotion by using more pauses and, and and slowing down. And you mentioned there as well the curiosity, so making people want to carry on listening. So, what what devices do you use to 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 make people want to carry on listening? So they're not switching off halfway through and they want to carry on till the end of the end of the story. Again, it's the the, the pauses can really make a big difference, right? So really sort of slowing down and really getting that, those, those pauses in, a time for them to think about what's happening. Also reflecting it back on them, asking, asking your listeners. You know, you can, like I said before, you can imagine what that feels like, yeah? Or we, we've all been there, like a phrase, like we've all been there, we've all felt that, right? And I'm, all I'm, that's all I'm doing. We've all felt that right, I've said. I've also, you can see this, but people that are, just listening they can't see this but i'm nodding my head when i say right right and that hopefully gets you to nod as well which you're doing right now so so getting people to agree with you again that's a connection so it's all these kind of like little connections that you can create that help people stay with you more it reminds me again it just reminds me of a, of a gentleman i saw last i was in Riyadh a couple of weeks ago on stage a gentleman great guy uh, worked for a big company and he had a great session 
and he started he was talking about mobile um, digitization and how it's all changing. And he started off by saying, you know, we are, you know, it, it, we're in a world that's that's changing. We all have our mobile phones. The first thing we do when we get up in the morning, we look at our mobile phone. The first thing we do when we maybe after we've we had a shower, we look at our mobile phones and check something. When we when we want to book uh, an air, a, a plane somewhere, we would do that on our mobile phone. So there's a lot of wheeze, 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 which is good, right? But the thing is, if you change that to something like, I'm pretty sure all of us here, me and you, yeah, we all look at our mobile phones when we, first thing when we get up in the morning. Or what do you do when you get up in the in the morning? What's the first thing you do? I'm pretty sure you look at your mobile phone, yeah? So that gives us more of a connection than, than the previous um, statement, like we do this, we do that. That is all good. We, we's are good. But if we can get connection with, with, with yous, yeah, and getting them to agree with that, these, they've, in our brains we, we somehow connect better and we remember these things a lot more. Okay. I love that. I love all <laughs> everything that you've said there. I love it all. Really, really useful. Really great information that <clears throat> that we can go away and implement straight away. And all of you people who are listening out there, I'm if, sure if, that if you, there are, if, if there, there are, are, if there is anyone, if there is anyone listening hard. out there, I mean, there should be at least one. I mean, you, you know, this podcast has been going for for quite a while with some great yeah. guests, so it went probably all great until I came along. Hopefully <laughs> not. <laughs> um, well, we have got we have got lots of listeners, and for all you listening out there, I'm sure um, that you can put into uh, you can imagine the impact that this is going to make for you when you start to implement everything that Peter's talked about today. Um, so, Peter, as always, I'd love to just run past you three very quick fire questions, if you don't mind. First one being, who do you think of when you hear the word story, and why do you think of that person? You know what? Well, I, I you say that now, and I think bang in my head, Obama. I just think Obama. I mean, it's it's it's, it's not really creative answer at all, but but I do because the way he delivers and the way he he bring he connects with people and the way that he not just delivery style, not just the delivery. The li- delivery you'll we'll all agree is great, right? And that's the thing most people pull him up on, right? But in fact in terms of his connection and the things he makes people feel. Okay, through, through elements of his voice, pausing, delivery style, movement, breathing, all these things, yeah. But it's, it, it's the connection. And so he, he comes to mind first. And, uh, and yeah, I would say, yeah, a, a great connector, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. And while you were talking then about pauses, um, I could just see Obama in my head because um, he was the the king of um, of pausing and and allowing that to to have impact and allowing his words to land. Um, I, I thought he was brilliant. One of my one of my all time favorite speeches is one uh, is one of Obama's speeches that he de- delivered um, on the um, on the campaign trail for Hillary Clinton. Um, on I don't know exactly what date it was around about around about November 2016 I think and it was the uh, the story of um, his fired up ready to go speech um, and 
I just think it's a brilliant, brilliant story, brilliantly told. Um, he does it with such humour um, and such humility. But the way that he controls the emotion in the crowd, um, just with the words that he uses and how he delivers it, is fantastic. So um, if, if anyone gets a chance to have a have a watch of that, it's only quite short, but it's absolutely sensational. When you say when you say that, in fact, again, it might one thing came to my mind as well: boldness. If if you're bold, if you're bold in what you're saying, and when I mean bold, I mean not willy nilly or Willy nilly, what a lovely phrase, what a lovely phrasal verb, willy nilly, um, which I had no idea where it came from. Anyway, so willy nilly meaning kind of just just like that kind of thing, nothing, you know, just n- nothing strong about it, not sure, not really clear yourself, not really believing it yourself. But if you, if you twist it like what he does, he's bold, he's bold in what he says. There isn't any kind of, he, he, he's very clear. He really does believe the things he shares. And when people do that, we tend to listen to them, not necessarily to people that have good intentions. But when people are bold, we listen to them. Hitler, we listen to him. We listen to it. We, we didn't listen to him, but people listen to him because he was bold. And a bold leader, people will follow, rightly or wrongly. Or people may, or, or should I say, people will listen to the, to those people. When, when, so, so being bold is also a good thing as well, even when you're not, even when you're not maybe inside that confident. Just sharpen up the messages and make them bolder, clearer. Stick with it, and people will listen to you more. They may not agree with you, but that's okay. They don't have to agree with you. That's something else. But getting people the first step to, to listen to you is the first thing. Yeah. So bold boldness came to mind. Yeah, absolutely. And can you recommend any good books or websites or blogs or podcasts or videos, anything that might help uh, our audience uh, improve their storytelling? It's a podcast, and I can't remember the name of it, but I think it's called The, the Bias podcast i'll send you the i'll send you the link and you can pop pop it in the in the notes but it's it's a great little bite size bite size little editions i think they're about five six seven minutes each on all different ideas connected with psychology and the way we think about things and how our brain works and how you know perception comes into the mix and how we see ourselves, the story in our head, the story of others, which is all connected to what we're doing, right? It's all, you know, it's all relevant. And so listening to that really is a really good listen. It's a really good listen because they're, they're short, they're sharp, they're bite-sized, but you, you know, I learned a lot. I learned a lot of, um, a lot of things I didn't know before. So I think it's called the Bias Bite-Size Podcast. Okay. That's a different, that's even a different time. I'll send you, listen, don't worry. Yeah, send it and we'll stick it in I'll the... I'll send it, send yeah, it absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. And finally then, where can we find out more about you? Uh, where are you online? Uh, how can people get in touch? Yeah, easiest way is, is just uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, Peter Hopwood, um, speaker coach, TEDx, 
uh, pop those in, in in Google or pop those in in, in search in LinkedIn, and you'll 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 come across all the things that I've been doing. Um, anything that tickles your fancy, you see something that 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 you might feel could actually work with your teams. If, for example, a lot of what I'm doing over the last um, two years now is really helping teams and people to get really good at this, really good at, at, at Zoom, really good at virtual exchanges, really feel feel comfortable and, and see this as actually a really good thing just by changing small things, small behaviours um, and uh, and helping teams really get good at, at that chemistry and connection online. So if that, if that or anything else kind of, as um, they tickles your fancy, um, reach out and let's see where we can collaborate. Brilliant. Well, Peter, once again, I'd like to thank you for your time and, and coming and sharing your knowledge and your expertise with me and with our listeners. And um, I hope to do it again sometime with you in the near future. I hope we can. It, it's been great. We've, we've talked about storytelling. We've talked about roller coasters, um, stand-up comedy, um, your epic delayed adventures, which we don't know about, but we know they're epic. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope we can do it again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Well, brilliant. Thanks again, Peter. And we'll speak soon. Just a quick reminder that my book, Rule the World, Master the Power of Storytelling to Inspire, Influence and Succeed, is now available. You can get hold of your copy in all good bookshops, including Amazon and Kindle, Waterstones and WH Smith in the UK, Barnes and Noble in the US, and all good bookshops throughout the rest of the world. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Rule the World. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit weareopusmedia.com for more resources based on today's topic, as well as access to more episodes that will help you develop your storytelling abilities. That's weareopusmedia.com. Thank you, and see you next time.